Please be advised. The following podcast may contain opinions, advice, or other suggestive content regarding mental health, and as we are not experts, should be treated as discretionary. Please consult with a medical professional if you are struggling with mental health issues. Alternatively, if you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please dial 988 or go to your nearest emergency room. All right, how are we feeling, everybody? Thank you for tuning into Luminosity. Kevin and I are back. Oh, we took a week off just because things happen in life. And as you can imagine, on a podcast like ours, um, we're all about supporting not just our own, but yours as well when it comes to mental health. And we didn't find ourselves recording last week. Co- uh, Kevin got sick. and Yeah, uh, this, was, been... <laughs> this, this was a matter of physical health as opposed to mental health. But... It's a good reason not to record a podcast. I was, uh, I was unable. I was struggling with a certain illness. <laughs> you called, may or may not be able to guess. Yeah, we we call this thing COVID. It's called coronavirus 2019. And um, now I I did have COVID. Um, luckily, I'm vaccinated, so it wasn't any big deal. I was practically asymptomatic, but uh, I did kind of quarantine, and I did have. Uh, a bit of a headache so i didn't i just wasn't i just hate how this literally sounds like we were like we are recording this three years ago you know what i mean i know right (laughs) i don't i mean we can go down a rabbit hole right now about everybody getting sick and if you're tuning in right now if, if you haven't been a little ill and i'm sure you've known people that have gotten a little ill and it's not fun having covid's a good reason not to record a podcast though so i that's fine. Our listeners, thanks for sticking around an extra week while I made the the important recovery and I mustered through. Um, but here I am and I'm feeling pretty good this week. So, uh, you know, Justin and I were talking before we we started rolling on this podcast. We were doing a little mic check and I said to Justin, I said, Justin, what if someone's name was Mike? God. Short for Michael. And their last name was Check. How would you tell them to Mike Check? Right. Hey, Mike. Check. Your Mike. Mike Check. 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 Mike. Mike. Mike Check. Mike Check. Mike Check. Mike Check. Can I get a Mike Check? <laughs> <laughs> These are among the shenanigans we have on Luminosity, a mental health podcast. We hope you enjoy. <laughs> That's it. We're gonna stop the recording now. No, this episode's on handling stress. And if you saw the title, you may be feeling a little stressed today. Um, it's interesting, right? I think that stress exists in a lot of different parts of our lives. And a lot of times we don't really want to know how to deal with them just because we're like, yeah, stress can be a good thing. I did hear a long time ago that there is good and bad stress, which we'll get into. It's I think it's called Sue and I'm going to look up the other one, but like Sue stress and something else stress. Heard it on another podcast a long time ago. Stress can be a good thing, but I'll be honest, I've noticed, Kevin, agree to disagree, I've noticed a lot of people that we interact with today are stressed, and I'm not a fan because I don't believe that we should be living in such a very stressful, you know, or at least overstressed society. Um, But if you've looked at your friends recently or the people that you're talking to, or even if like, I don't know if you have a co-founder or a co-host like, like we do, but 
I've noticed how everybody's like, oh, I'm just like stressed about this, or I have this big thing going on. And I, oh my God, this thing's making me go crazy. And that's what we want this episode to be about today. It's it's not necessarily avoiding stress, because that's also not a good thing. Um, it's also not making your life stressless, right? Because I think there are good things that come from stress, but it's handling stress in a positive way, especially as it pertains to your, you know, overall mental health. I think you said something very interesting, which this could be a good place to start, but it seems as though in modern society, stress is weirdly promoted, like in that it's acceptable that, you know, everyone is stressed out or that that's just the way life is and we all should be stressed out for some, you know, reason. Um, and it's just ironic to me, like, why are we not promoting as a society, like, take a breath or don't right. worry about getting so stressed about this work assignment or this school assignment if you're a college student, whatever, right? Um, it seems to be like if someone is complaining about their stress, like, oh, I have this going on, this, and I have this yeah. due date for work and this, then everyone just kind of – there's this, like, group mentality – where it's like, oh, well, that's just the way life is. Like we all have our plates way too full and that's everyone should be getting up at 6 a.m. and going to bed at 11 o'clock on a weeknight because they're so full of, with uh, things to do on their plate. But I don't – that's what I mean by society promotes stress. It's almost like mm -hmm. we've become sort of numb or – uh, we just sort of uh, – we accept this Well, for some reason it's become so normal. Yes, I think that we've normalized stress and I would argue that it almost goes hand in hand with this obsessive culture around productivity that you always have to be productive and chasing something big or doing big things in your career and just making more sense of your life in a big, ex you know, extravagant way. I just told Kevin even right before we hit, hit record today that I do want my, my next five days. I don't have any meetings. I have one meeting. I don't want any stress this week. I want to just wake up in the morning, go to the gym and then make my to-do list based on what I feel like I need to be working on, you know, cause I haven't taken vacation in a while. So like, I'm not trying to stress myself before I move into a new house. Right. But I'm so aware I'm, I'm almost too aware sometimes, but this is the week that I need to have for this. Whereas, you know, I've tried to catch up with some friends today and everybody's got the Sunday scaries. And I'm like, oh God, here Kevin and I are, you know, 7 p.m. Pacific and it's like 9 central. And I'm like, we're just, we're recording a podcast that we know we're going to publish right after this episode ends. And then you guys are going to hear it the next day, which is this 25th of September. But that's how we roll. And I almost think that that's a really good reason for us to not only have created this podcast, but to talk about topics like stress in the way that we do, because not everybody has to feel this like overwhelming amount of stress, you know? So to make it more relative to anybody listening, Kevin, the like, how do you feel like you handle stress? Maybe that's a great way to start. I feel like we both handle stress very differently. Very poorly. I'm just going to be honest. And, and that's something I know about my listener. Are you there? He just yeah, dropped his mic. <laughs> my, uh, my, I like to sit cross-legged when I record, and the wires get tangled in my. I do too. Feet. 
and um, the mic just, I just pulled the mic, mic down. So anyway, uh, sorry about that. No, um, I handle stress very poorly. And the thing is, I know that about myself now. I didn't know that about myself months ago. It took a lot of therapy to realize like, oh, this is a huge trigger in what's causing negative mental health in my life. So the fact that I know I handle stress poorly, that hasn't changed. That's remained consistent for the past year, two years, whatever. But my awareness of the fact that I handle stress poorly has allowed me to sort of develop a skill set in managing that, which I think is equally as important in diminishing stress entirely. If you can't diminish stress entirely, and sometimes you can't, right? Like I can't do that. I'm just someone who my brain is always spinning. I have very tough time just sort of diminishing stress entirely. So my way of coping is to just sort of use these skill sets of managing the stress, which I think can work in someone's favor as well. What about you? What do you do? It's looked different over the past couple of years, actually. I mean, I think that when I first realized how stressed I might have become, I used to like confuse stress and anxiety, to be honest. But with stress today in my 20s, I would say, I mean, I just like, I, I kind of sit with the feeling of it for a bit and I'm like, okay, what am I really feeling here? Am I stressed because of something I've caused for myself, which is always the answer actually. And I'll get to that in a second. It is always self-induced always, um, which might be helpful for all of us to learn from. But yeah, if if I'm feeling any form of stress, I usually just sit there. And I'm like, why am I feeling stressed? And then once I kind of analyze what the reason is, I've went through so much, just like you, so much therapy and talking with folks and learning from situations that now I can look at a situation and say, hey, I'm stressed because this, that, and the third. And I now know that there are very tangible steps I can take to alleviate that stress or to make sure that I don't feel that stress again. That's where I'm at. But a lot of my stress is always self-induced. I think it's great that you know that about yourself. You know, I, I'm guilty of that too, self-induced yeah. stress. Um, and I think actually for this episode, I would love to jump into something that I've found uh, online. And, you know, Justin, I, I wasn't sure like what a template for this episode would look like, but... Yeah you know, what better way to spend the episode than um, spending it trying to figure out ways to manage stress, right? Because again, one of the best things you can do with stress is simply manage it. And learn how to manage it it. for sure. Exactly. So I did find this great resource and uh, listener, I'm going to introduce to you a nonprofit organization called Project Healthy Minds, which Justin and I are very big fans of. And uh, we do have some friends at the organization And they were the ones who sent this resource our way. It's called the Guide for Healthy Minds. And it says here, uh, they have in the description, mental health can feel like a maze. Let us help you find the resources to improve your mental wellness. And I started looking at this. um, I've been looking at it for months now, but I've been waiting for an opportunity to bring it onto the podcast because I think it's a tremendous resource. And one of the things they uh, have listed in here are uh, is a whole section about stress. So, Justin, I thought you and I could kind of go through here and um, 
Yeah, see, it even says here, overwhelmed by everything, stress may not be avoidable, but it is manageable. That's everything we've mm. been saying, Justin. It's you can't avoid it. And that's something I had to learn in therapy, right? Because I kept trying to omit stress or just avoid it entirely. It's not possible. The only thing you can really do is manage it. So sure. Justin, do you have it pulled up? Maybe we could go through it together. Yeah, 100%. So Justin, do you want to take meditation? Yeah, of course. So I meditate every single morning. Uh, great first one to go after. Um, and they always say like, it's interesting how Project Healthy Minds here lists that a wide range of meditation resources that they've listed um, are available to help people cope with anxiety, stress, and trauma. But when I thought about meditation, it's like, okay, well, that's that's usually someone's like simple solo practice. So I, I mean, I started that probably, God, four years ago. And I'll be honest, there's a lot of different ways people meditate. Typically, it's like you, you sit still, you focus on your breath, and you kind of focus on the present, which is great because you want to bring your attention to the present is the whole goal of meditation. Um, and as loosely as the word is tossed around nowadays, I would say that like whether or not you're starting with an app or you go to a meditation, mindfulness, breathwork class, um, or you're talking to your friends about how they meditate, it's like... I would say it's a daily practice because what happens is when stress gets into your life, you want to be able to tap into that, to be honest. I don't know. It saved me from a lot of stressful situations for sure. It's it, the, the guy does list apps and websites throughout each one of these categories as we go through them. So there is an op opportunity listener that if you click on them, it will give you a bunch of recommended apps and stuff that are good for meditation or teletherapy. So all that stuff is included in the guide. Um, it is interesting that trauma is one of the things that meditation helps uh, treat in addition to anxiety and stress, you know, because I'm looking through a lot of these other categories here and none of them treat specifically trauma, but it says here that, you know, meditation is helpful uh, for people struggling with trauma. And I think it says mm -hmm. a lot uh, of to the benefits of meditation. Another thing, Justin, that was kind of fun, I'm currently in school right now, as you know. And uh, I'm taking this intro to psychology class. And believe it or not, in the textbook that I'm reading, there is a whole chapter dedicated to meditation in a psychology collegiate textbook. And I was like, how is it that this stuff is powerful enough that they cared to include it in the curriculum of, you know, like a college course? Um, but they were talking about how meditation has the potential to alter consciousness um, that it could be used as a way of non-drug-induced euphoria if you practice it, you know, daily uh, and keep doing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, what a healthy way to sort of get high, so to speak, right? Like, um, but apparently, it really does have that kind of effect on your consciousness. Um, that meditation can sort of alter it in this way that they were describing in the textbook, which might be why they included it. Um, but I just think there's a ton of benefits in meditation and it's, as you said, Justin, it has to be a daily thing, uh, and it takes practice. Mindfulness kind of goes hand in hand with meditation for me. And it's something that I have begun practicing in my daily life. And I've been practicing, practicing it for the past year. And I still feel like I'm nowhere even close to mastering it in the way that I would like to. Um, so it, it's mm. just, it's a lot of work. It's like, you may find yourself. If your thoughts are a river flowing, then you want to be the riverbed underneath them and watching them pass by above you, right? Um, I think I've used that metaphor before in this podcast, but 
sometimes you might find that you stick your head out of the water and all of a sudden these thoughts are rushing towards you like the, the you know the the stream and uh, you catch on to this thought and that thought and uh, you may latch on to it for a minute or two minutes after that and uh, then you realize oh my gosh I've been attached to this thought for the past two minutes and then you simply go back to mindfulness you go under the water and you you return to the riverbed um, well I think there's something you, yeah there's something really I don't even know how to explain. There's something super chill about tapping into mindfulness and meditation. And like, you will feel somewhat like a, as like a yogi who's like, like, you know, maybe you're not super into the world that you feel like you're living in, but maybe that's the point. Right. Um, I've really enjoyed experiencing any form of meditation or mindfulness. Cause what happens is you go into your own psyche while somehow coming out of the world that you're living in. Um, and that's felt almost like super gratifying, if that makes sense. Like totally, you just feel like you're experiencing something different and maybe that's the point of it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it changes perception supposedly. Right. So you're, you're seeing, I suppose the world in a different state of consciousness, uh, sure. than it would be if you weren't meditating. So right. I, there's gotta be a ton of benefits for stress on that. So let's move on to the second one. I'll, I'll take this one. It's teletherapy. So this one is just talking about how you can meet virtually with a therapist or a psychiatrist at your convenience, uh, note at your convenience, because mm. this is teletherapy. Um, but that can help stress too. And one of the things that I think is so cool with where we are in space and time being in the 21st century, 2023, is that therapy is available online to begin with. Like how awesome is that? That you can just go onto one of these resources uh, that they have listed here and sign up and meet with a therapist in potentially less than what, 24 hours? I mean, I just think that's revolutionary. And how can that not be positively impacting the mental health community um, and the stress that people might be feeling? So teletherapy mm -hmm. is a very important uh, piece to this puzzle in reducing stress. You want to take the next one, Justin? Yeah, for sure. It's the next one's sleep, but to your point about teletherapy, it's like, it's just more accessible these days, you know? And as people try to, I mean, you hear it from anybody who has anything that they're dealing with or struggling with. They're like, I just got to tell somebody. So it's always a great, um, easy go-to option. Sleep, I've been practicing a lot of, uh, getting a good night's rest and improving your mental health. I'll be honest, for a long time there, especially because I do drink alcohol a lot, not like a lot, but frequently, that's the word. I drink alcohol frequently and I started to see that like it was affecting my sleep when it comes to REM and deep sleep cycles. So I've been studying that a lot. Like even right now as I'm like sipping on red wine and Kevin knows like I will never not drink alcohol. It's just, I'm working, you know, it's not something that I care to be like, okay, let me go cold turkey or let me be sober because I never had an issue with it. But the one thing that I had an issue with it in my life was sleep, believe it or not. And if you, whether or not you drink alcohol and you're listening to this episode, sleep is such a beautiful thing. And I think that to be honest with you, as it, as it relates to stress, I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you argue, Kevin, that like sometimes you wake up in the morning stressed because you didn't get good sleep, you know, or anxious because you didn't get good sleep and, you know, or you had like a restless night or you couldn't fall asleep and get the right amount of, you know, deep sleep that you needed. I mean, I honestly think that's directly correlated to stress and anxiety when you don't get good quality sleep. So Justin, 
looking at this sleep category here, it immediately got me thinking, why is it that a good night's sleep is essential in lowering stress? And I kept thinking, I kept thinking back to the stress hormone, cortisol, right? And I was like, there's got to be a correlation to cortisol and sleep. So I Googled it here and I said, does sleep lower cortisol? And that's the stress hormone, right? It says, typically, the time with the lowest concentration of cortisol occurs near midnight. Then, thereafter, cortisol levels increase two to three hours after sleep onset and keep rising into the waking hours. So it seems that when we're asleep, our cortisol levels are at their lowest, right? Um, huh. So that's got to be a correlation into as to why a good night's sleep actually lowers your stress because it's lowering the amount of cortisol that your body is in uh, is circulating in your body. Um, and of course, you know, everyone wants a good night's sleep and you wake up refreshed. It's essential to mm -hmm. functionality in human life. So I just thought that was an interesting tidbit. Well, that's so true. I mean, yeah. Exercise is the next category. And <laughs> my favorite. One, yeah. Justin's favorite spends every day at the gym. I <laughs> have been trying to get on that train for a long time and I just can't bring myself to do it. I, Weirdly, I'm just like anti. <laughs> it's like the healthiest and best thing I could be doing for myself, and I know it. So the fact that I'm even saying this is just my nonconformity and my rebellious side. I I'm like anti-exercise, and I like I'm anti-don't <laughs> drink alcohol. So we're even. <laughs> I like Listen, don't it want shows to you that we're still like pretty twenty. We're pretty much in our twenties, and there's nothing wrong with that. Good point. Um, Good point. But yeah, was there but, anything about exercise? Go ahead and take this, and then I have a question. Yeah, well, it's it just gives you resources to help take your mind off of your concerns. Um, and again, I imagine there's a correlation between cortisol and exercise, right? All those endorphins are being released, and uh, cortisol is probably lowered when you're exercising. So that's probably goes hand in hand with sleep. Hand in hand. Um, that's what I was just going to say. Good quality sleep and exercise, they literally, everybody tells you it will help you all the time in your mental health journey and it will always make like you are good when you do good with your sleep and exercise um that i mean i've i've seen it i'm sure anybody who's listening has also seen that like it's so important i work out every single morning and there's not one day that i don't work out um where i don't feel like a million bucks after the workout you know i will say though on the sleep side uh, I mean, shit, there's plenty of us who can say this, like when you don't get the right amount of sleep or it's not a good night's rest, you know it the next time you wake up, you know, and then the next day your day almost depends on that. So maybe that's an important thing to note is that when you are not getting good, like good sleep, whether you're sleep deprived or you're drinking alcohol or you're just, you know, fatiguing your body throughout the day and you can't just fall asleep. I don't know what that could be for you, but sleep is important. Like get the right amount and you know what your body needs. If it's seven, eight, if it's, you know, deep sleep at these hours, like we've been alive long enough to know what our sleep cycles are. I am a huge supporter of sleep. What is your perfect amount of sleep, Justin? Like what is the ideal amount of sleep having that you found in the past works best for you? between six and a half and eight um yeah between six and a half and eight and then i know that i'm getting deep sleep which means i would have hydrated before bed i take a magnesium pill 
I drink electrolytes before bed, which is weird because it has sugar in it and I shouldn't probably do that. Um, yeah, like the past couple of nights, actually the past week, I've been sleeping really well and it's just because I was super hydrated. Even after drinking alcohol, I was super hydrated. I was watching TV or doing something super chill. You know what I mean? Like just to numb the brain. And then I would have popped a magnesium pill before brushing my teeth and putting my retainer on. And then before I go to bed, I typically like just rest there for a bit. I don't just like fall asleep. Like I put my phone away, put the alarm on, and then I just lay there. And then I kind of meditate while going to bed, if I have to be honest. That sounds healthy. I like the part where you talk about you put your phone away. You know, I think that's something we're God, all guilty so of. Sm- I mean, I did that 10 years ago, I feel like. But like put yeah. it to the put it to the side. Who cares? Anything that's on your device right now can wait till the morning. And more than likely, you're still not getting those notifications in the morning either. Like, you know what I mean? I think all of us are And they're just, so stimulating, like to get notifications right as you're about to go to bed. Like ding, that ding, and ugh. Yeah, but also like no one wants our attention more than we deserve to have our own attention. So like I don't know about you. I don't get that many buzzes and beeps at night which means everybody's trying to do their own thing. Um, I think we fall victim to scrolling and tapping and swiping and all that stuff, which is just like mindless. It's honestly mindless to get on your phone and be like, woo, 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 like tap, scroll, swipe, da, 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 da. Like it's so mindless that it's like a waste of energy. So go to bed. So Justin, are you aware you said, but you, you said that between six and a half and eight hours is your ideal sleep. Are you aware that six and a half is actually low for sure. But there have been nights where I got six and a half and I felt like a million dollars the next day. Really? It's that's interesting because, you know, my recommendation or at least what I've read from experts says that, you know, healthy adults should get seven to nine hours. I believe that. Um, I just, I think nine is a lot. It's interesting you say that because I was going to talk about what my ideal sleep is, and I would have to say that mine is nine hours. Um, I have found that six and seven hours for me feels about the same. Like I cannot function on six hours. I, I think a lot of people would be in the same boat as me. Um, it just doesn't feel like enough. You know, I'm I'm super exhausted the next day. But weirdly, I feel that way with seven hours too. I don't feel there's a huge difference. And when I, this is just me personally, right? Like, and how my body functions. But when I get seven hours, I feel like I should have gotten more. Eight hours, I feel, I feel good. I feel like I probably got enough sleep. I'm alert. But nine hours, I feel awesome. Nine hours is my sweet spot when it comes to sleep. Um, no more, no less. And even 10 hours, like on those days that I do sleep 10 hours, I feel super groggy when I wake up and like I've slept too long and I feel like more cloudy and weirdly 500%. Um, but nine hours is like the sweet spot. So that's just me. But um, we should probably move on here. So next we have peer support. Connect with others who have experience with what you're going through. So I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I am in a group, a therapy group. Every week I meet with the same group of people on Wednesday nights at seven o'clock. And I've been doing that for probably over a year now. And it is one of the best, most amazing things that's happened in my life. And I know it sounds like, you know, 
corny or a cliche, but the people that have I've met in that group, I don't know. It's just like we I know so much about them and yet nothing at all because I've never met them in person. Uh, the only time I ever interact with them is during group, the same time every week in the same context, um, talking about the same things. But the accountability and the fellowship and the the dare I say friendships that I've formed, they're just so remarkably uh, pure and good. Mm. And, and uh, I'm it's one of the things I'm grateful for, for most. And I would highly recommend to anyone who has never tried a support group to try it. And so uh, Project mm. Healthy Minds does list some great resources for online support groups and stuff, kind of like what I'm doing. Um, but again, the point is you, you don't have to become best friends with these people. You don't even have to meet them in person. All you have to do is be open and receptive to listening and sharing. Uh, and, you know, you share what you want to share, uh, but it's just the most special thing when you know that you're not going through something alone. So every Wednesday night when I open up my laptop and I talk to these uh, same group of people, it's like, I know exactly what's been going on in this person's life. I'm uh, not using names for confidentiality, but, or that person's life. And mm. I remember what they said last week or, you know, the week before, and I wonder how that turned out for them. And it's almost like you, you get a glimpse into their lives, even though you never meet in person. Um, and it's just, it's so special because it just, like I said, it makes you feel not alone. And and there's just a lot of love and support in those groups if you find the right. And even when you so, are stressed, some of the trigger when you're stressed and you're thinking about it out loud, like you're like, wait, I'm like not feeling good or I'm going through this. And like a lot of times when you have peer support, you get someone else's perspective who may or may not have been through it. But support in general, I think is always going to be an amazing thing. Similar to what Kevin was just saying. I mean, I can't tell you the feeling that I get when I text friends and they call me and you know like i like connectivity with other peers is so essential i think to not yeah. just your mental health but like to your whole life you know like feeling of connection is so important and i'm always arguing with people who are like i'm good by myself and i'm like you're not <laughs> i'm like you might think you're good by yourself but promise me like you will try to be more connected with people and like you know it, it always I think it's all full circle. Like it's supposed to really help you with your mental health for sure. Yeah. They say here, uh, Project Healthy Minds in the description, talking with peers can make all the difference. And it's so true. So highly recommend. That's um, why Kevin and I do this podcast. <laughs> peers talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, it's something, peers, peers support groups are something that a lot of us don't realize we they're the thing we never knew we needed is what I like to think. Mm. Um, and they can be so instrumental to sure. uh, mental health recovery. I know that's been one of my favorite things about my my journey. So uh, that's peer support. Um, next, we have education. You want to take it, Justin? Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, I think that that's why we started this podcast. Um, managing your mental health, I think, comes down to what you may or may not know about your own journey or the overarching topic in general, which is mental health. Um, and the cool thing about the latest and greatest right now is that like Project Healthy Minds for Kevin and I, when we first met one of their team members that we owe a lot to, her name is Rachel Schultz. And she took the time to meet us and we were like, hey, we just want to learn about the organization, the nonprofit, et cetera. And like, they really do pile up resources. And so when you think about education, I mean, these are 
nonprofits, institutions, alliances, I mean, you name it, nonprofits. And like everybody is kind of coming together on this big, I consider it a wave of mental health. Like there's so much to learn about yourself, but that journey can be so exhaustingly um, alone. Like you can feel so exhausted feeling alone on your mental health journey. So what's cool about this is, you know, they work with everybody under the sun, just making sure that they're all accomplishing the same things, um, supporting the same resources for people who need them. But that's what education is, I think, in mental health right now. It's just like either starting the conversation, learning about the topic, talking with certain folks in alliances, organizations, or nonprofits, and just, again, like walking yourself through this. Like it's a crawl, walk, run method, right? I think Kevin and I have started running because like we're very, very, very focused on mental health right now for both of our careers. But um, in general, like it is, you gotta, you gotta crawl. Like, all right, so what is mental health? Listen to a podcast like this look up some resources, check out Project Healthy Minds online and say like, hey, like what are the what are the tips and tricks and tools that they use? And that's amazing that like these things exist anyway, but yeah, education comes first and it's not like you need a degree. Obviously all these things are free. So I think Kevin and I would just highly encourage everybody to go check this stuff out while it's free before it gets, uh, before it gets expensive down the line, right? No, I'm kidding. Oh my God. Um, well, you do make a good point. Uh, you know, that education is like one of the best things we could do for ourselves in mental health. Um, but I think it's just, it all ties back to self-awareness at the end of the day, right? Because education is sort of feeding our self-awareness of how we function in our mental health and, and what we need as individuals. Um, so I think education and simply recognizing education as, a, you know, a way to reduce stress and and actually learning about ways that you can reduce stress um, is just an important pillar in reducing stress. So education is important and definitely a way uh, to do that. So let's move on to therapist directories. So we talked about teletherapy, but we didn't mention in-person therapy. And in-person therapy is, I mean, it just depends on what you like, right? Like, do you enjoy the convenience of meeting with a therapist uh, from the comfort of your own home, and some people do, or do you find that you feel more connected to your therapist when you meet in person? Because remember, it is a relationship, and the therapist and client do develop a relationship. That's what it is. Um, right. And so Project Healthy Minds does include resources and director uh, in the form of directories to find in-person therapists, which I think is as much, if not more important, as providing resources for teletherapy. So that is therapist directories. And then this one, I really think it's amazing that Project Healthy Minds has included this in um, the Guide to Healthy Minds way of reducing stress, because this is something that is available to us 24-7, because let's be honest, even your therapist isn't going <laughs> to be available necessarily at 3.30 in the morning, but you know what is going to be available at 3.30 in the morning? Helplines. That's right. Those helplines are imperative for people struggling uh, with stress or a, a, essentially a moment of crisis, right? Um and Project Healthy Minds has listed several of these 24-7, uh, you know, around-the-clock hotlines that you can call or text at any time with people working the other end of the phone 
eager to help you in whatever you're going through. I mean, that is what these people are getting paid to do. And, and I, yeah. you know, they, they love doing it. That's why they get into it in the first place, right? Is so that they can actively receive your text or call and walk you through it. So if you are feeling stressed, don't forget that these helplines are available to you any moment of the day. That's exactly right. I mean, if, if anything, to know that you have resources that are available for you at any hour of the day and what we'd said, Kevin, you can't keep laughing like that. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, let's, let's. <laughs> so Kevin was looking at me as if I was supposed to say something and I was like, no, no, no. That's like a great <laughs> way to talk about having a hotline available for anybody who needs it. But that's, that's valid. I think, listen, stress is so subjective. Like you could be dealing with anything in your life. You could be feeling a certain way and it's just going to exist. So dealing with it, listen, we gave all these resources, thanks to project healthy minds. And now, I mean, Kevin, so like the last time you were stressed, what steps did you take? Man. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Do I, look... I think Kevin thinks I'm like a goofball. <laughs> and I am. Look, he's I relieving did, I... stress. Actually, now that we're talking about it for a second, well, Kevin. This is what's relieving my stress right now, man, is laughing. Well, so my mom said that growing up, like laughter was the number one rule to alleviating any stress that you had in your life. Like, find ways to laugh, find ways to feel real good. Um, that's a very good step. Okay. So now that you're done laughing, when yes, you feel stressed, like what steps do you take? I mean, obviously we just gave everybody who's listening like a ton of steps that they could then go and, you know, go to if they go to this website, but like in general, what yeah. steps are you taking? For me, um, Mindfulness, again, is the biggest thing. I mean, I suppose that's closest to meditation in this guide that we've been going through. Um, but also, what helps for me is simply removing myself from a situation. And I would even argue in putting distractions in this guide. Like, I would add a whole other category for distractions. And that includes, like, stepping away from my environment if something there is triggering me or, you know, going on a walk or watching TV, you know, and then like taking 15 minutes to watch a funny YouTube video, who knows, whatever the distraction is, that's what I have found has worked in the past. Um, and I think it is a significant stress reducer because in a moment when I'm feeling triggered and like nothing can calm me down and I'm overwhelmed, sometimes I have to force myself to be removed from the situation. Yeah. That's what's worked sense. for me. No, I think a lot of people can relate to that. I'd say for me, it's more just, I mean, if you think about it, like when I feel stress coming on, I tend to hold it like chest up. So like upper back traps, <laughs> shoulders, neck, like head. I'm, I am I know when I feel stress and it's usually when I'm holding it, I'm like, oh God, here it comes. And yeah, I'm an analysis guy, which leads a lot of times to analysis paralysis. I just start overthinking about the stress, but um, I typically just immediately analyze what's going on and 
step by step try to figure it out. Because mindfulness to me takes place in the early morning after the gym and then at a night. So if I feel stressed throughout the day, I don't necessarily go straight to meditation or mindfulness. I just go straight to the solution that I can find for that. And if the solution's tapping out, I do that. So if I'm stressed about like a work situation, I just walk away from the project. You know, or if I'm stressed about a relationship, I take a beat. And I hate to say it, but it's not anything avoidant, you know, necessarily, but like I want to take a step back to like look at the big picture of what's stressing me out, no matter what the situation is or who it involves. And when I can see that, I'm like, oh God, maybe that shouldn't have been so stressful. You know, oh, that's not on me. That's on them. You know, but I, I always have to like definitely get myself out of it for sure. And then just analyze yeah. it. Oh man, analysis paralysis is the worst though. I'm guilty of that too, for sure. Um, look, Justin, I think we have gone through, well, first of all, we've gone through this entire guide to healthy minds in the stress category. I think we've gone through a ton of ways that listeners can manage their stress. And remember, there is no avoiding it. Um, and I think that that's a good place to leave our listeners until next week. So listeners, I just want to say thank you for sticking with us as we missed last week uh, because of uh, you know some physical health issues, but we are back in the saddle and we'll see you next week for yet another episode. Um, if you enjoyed this one, I know we certainly did, um, but if you enjoyed it, leave us a rating, uh, follow our podcast and follow us on social media, Luminos at Luminosity Health Pod, at Kevin G. Quinn, at Hey Justin Crawford. Is that it? That's hey exactly it. Yeah. I got it. Okay, great. At Hey Justin Crawford. And um, we love you guys and we'll see you next week. We're excited. Yeah. And like Kevin had said a long time ago on this podcast, it's not necessarily avoiding stress. It's learning how to deal with it. So hopefully this was abundantly resourceful. Abundantly resourceful. We cannot wait to talk to you guys next week. And um, yeah, stay tuned for that episode. We'll be right back uh, here in about six days. See you then. If you enjoyed this episode, Kevin and I would love if you would share it with someone who you believe can find value in the conversation too. Also, if you loved the episode, this show will only grow and reach more people with ratings and reviews. If you'd be so kind to leave one right where you're listening. We sure hope you found this helpful and cannot wait for you to come back to another episode of Luminosity.